This one pizza is based off a uh, pizza place in what's called Mystic Connecticut. And it's a pizza place called A Slice of Heaven. Now, Julia Roberts stars in this particular film called Mystic Pizza. It's like pizza in Mystic Connecticut. And that's what this film is based on. And we're going to take it minute by minute to figure out why we're talking about pizza in Mystic Connecticut. What was the story or whatever? Oh, um... <laughs> Stop flicking my pen. Yeah, here, give me that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Holford, you remember this guy, right? Oh, you mean uh, the guy you referred to on Facebook earlier? Yeah, yeah, so I put this post up on Facebook, and I was like... I was just thinking today that, like... Because I saw something on, uh... I guess it was, like, an Arrested Development or something that had, like... Like, uh... uh maybe goes back to high school uh-huh. and becomes friends with this kid who she sees later at a bar, and he, like, flashes his badge. And uh, so she finds out who the narc is in her school, and I got to thinking, we had somebody kind of like that. Yeah, I seem to remember. Grade. I remember there was rumors about it. I don't... I can't remember the guy's face or anything, but there was definitely people saying that there was a narc. Yeah, yeah, and this guy was in my... Um, was it my economics class? Or was it social studies? I think he was, he was in one of those. I think it was social studies. This guy, uh, you know, his name was Rob, but, you know, nobody in the world other than, like, the Delaware County area really knows what I'm talking about. But it turns out a lot of people do know what I'm talking about, because I put up this Facebook status saying, like, hey, does anybody remember the narc that was in our school? is it a student that was, or a posing, person posing yeah, as a student? Like yeah, like, a student that appeared to be too old to be there. Yeah, and in my social studies class, because, like, the, uh, the teacher was taking role one day or something, and he got to him, and he stopped, and he was like, are you, like, 30? <laughs> and the guy just, like, played it off as a joke. He's like, no, I'm 18, you know, I go to school here. But, like, and he was, like, kind of friends with some people, but the thing is, I never saw him before that uh, senior year. This was senior year. I never saw him before senior year. I think he, like, moved to the town mm-hmm. and started going to our school in senior year, and then I never heard from him since. Maybe he was one of those people, you, you occasionally see news stories about people that impersonate high schoolers. That mm-hmm. just like, happened. Yeah, there was one just recently. He what was, was the deal with that? He was... He went. He went to a school like elsewhere in his district, so he could be on the basketball team again uh-huh. and like relive his glory days. Yeah, and he came in as a freshman. Yeah, which but he is was like really twenty. Yeah, and then like someone. Yeah, that's how you do it. Got creepy though because like a, a woman was like, he was dating my fourteen-year-old daughter and like yeah. totally doing the never been kissed storyline. Uh, so it wasn't just basketball. He was no, it was it was love and basketball apparently. <laughs> but and then there was that woman. This was a number of years ago, but she like impersonated her daughter and like joined the cheerleading squad and stuff. Yeah, was that like? Retaliation, like she wanted to like torture the the girls, or no? That was I don't know else. what her motivation. I think she was just kind of crazy, or that was how the media played it, at least. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, maybe Funke in Arrested uh, Development. She uh, went back to high school because she got fired from her like uh, her uh, you know uh, executive job because she never graduated high or college or was it high school? 
Yep. So she went back there, and yeah, she became friends with the narc. So I put on this up this Facebook post that was like, "Does anybody remember?" You know, I was like half joking, but then like people actually started chiming in and being like, "Let me go grab her your book." Like, <laughs> so has there been any developments on that? Uh so far not yet, but I think people are working on it. Like the internet sleuths are on the case. Yeah, so it's gonna be funny if I actually like uh, uncover this uh, this this narc case because remember on like it was uh, one of the episodes with your mom. I was talking about. Um, but no, I was talking uh, about it in the episode with your mom. I was talking about going to prom, and it got me to thinking. Like a couple minutes ago, actually, there, there was a, a lot of people like arrested for like cocaine at our prom and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it was specifically at prom. Like they were taken out. So at prom. you think that maybe I don't remember seeing any like police officers at prom. Like I think this just like quietly happened. Like, so it was somebody, a sting. Somebody broke out cocaine at the prom, and then like those kids were gone. Huh. So I think that guy might have gone to prom posing as a student going to prom and then got all the popular kids uh he was all hello fellow kids was yeah. it your class that like ruined everything for the classes yeah afterwards? i was actually just talking about that with uh holford's mom yeah. what year did episode. you graduate oh six. Oh six. Oh, yeah. okay we're both oh yeah, four you were two years behind yeah and that at the pep rally you guys spelled penis <laughs> yep and then we didn't have pep rallies ever again which it was enough pep rallies ever again yeah, pep rallies were awful. see people who didn't believe me last episode i have a witness right here it was great i was like 15 and i was like this is hilarious mm -hmm. and then they were like that's it it's done no more of this but then yeah. i think my senior year they brought them back because by yeah. popular demand and then i'm pretty sure somebody started a penis somebody, chant somebody again anyway brought back the old ancient tradition yeah. <laughs> anyway this is the mystic pizza minute uh this is a podcast in which we discuss or watch the 1988 julia roberts movie and then we mystic discuss pizza <laughs> a minute at a time having never seen it before I'm David Holford. I'm John Windsor. And uh, with us today we have... Caitlin Fontecchio. Caitlin, welcome back to the show. Great, thank you. So uh, we are on today, Minute 99. Minute 99, everyone, of the 1988 classic Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza was directed by Donald Petrie, starring Julie Roberts, Annabeth Gish, uh, Lily Taylor, Vincent D'Onofrio, Adam Stork, William R. Moses, Kentucky all your Mystic Pizza pals, and Matt Damon, uh, Bucky Walsh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the Mystic Pizza, <laughs> and, and the Mystic, Mystic Pizza, pizza himself. <laughs> but uh, so, on the show. what happens in minute ninety nine? Uh, minute ninety nine starts out with uh, so in the last minute. Uh, Daisy's mom, Daisy and Kat's mom, turns around and sees Charlie standing there, mm -hmm. and uh, she's holding like a platter in her hand, full kind of, of at the entrance of the kitchen, full of empty glasses. So she gives the platter to Charlie, and we find out that she gave it to Charlie because she wanted him, or he wanted her, or they both wanted to at the same time have him be the one who gets ice cream scooped into. You glasses, made that you know? really complicated yeah, for some reason. Really well, we, we we guessed wrong uh, last episode as to why. All right. Right. Sorry, Steve, for all the interruptions. <laughs> we guessed wrongly last episode uh, about like uh, the reason why she gave him that platter, and that's why I was clearing that up. It's because it was for ice cream, not drinks. Yeah, yeah. She was gonna stand there and get served the ice cream, but now he is. I see. So he kind of walks over to the fridge in the last minute, and uh -huh. he's standing there. And at the very end of the minute, uh, he and Daisy make eye contact. After she's already scooped one, uh, what do you, I guess it's a scoop of ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> you scoop a scoop of ice cream? Yeah, one big scoop. Looks like chocolate ice cream. Yeah. It is, because she says it. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, so he, she kind of like, is like, 
gives him a little bit of a what are you doing here kind of expression. Well, yeah, he just stands there and kind of looks at her and says, it's a great party. And, and she goes, what do you want, Charlie? And he kind of goes, like, well, basically, you were right about me and Dad. Uh-huh. What uh, he said about me and my father was right. And then she's like, so? And he's like, well, I owe you an apology. And then she's just like, all right. And kind of waits for the apology. But instead, he turns around and starts walking away. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, he's like, so? And she's like, so? Right. Yeah, she wasn't really helping him very much. So he starts walking away, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of seems uninterested, so I think that's why he turns around and starts walking away. And just as he's about to exit the kitchen, Mm -hmm. uh, she asks, so you like chocolate ice cream? Yeah. And he turns around and says very seriously, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. No, he goes, it's my favorite. Yeah, he says it's Which I'm wondering, do you think it really is? Well, it seems like a pretty standard favorite. Like, Mm -hmm. how many flavors of ice cream do you think there were back then? Back in was, the day. It was just chocolate yeah, and vanilla, right? And some strawberry. That was when there was Carlton. only 32. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's like, now there's like 48. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so she says, well, this must be your lucky night. Mm-hmm. End scene. End minute. Now, uh, a couple of things to note. Uh, when he uh, is offering his apology, or his explanation of his forthcoming apology that never actually comes, mm-hmm. there's some people kind of, uh, I was trying to figure out, because it looked like they were carrying a tiny wedding cake. Yeah. But it, I guess it's just the top of the cake. Oh, yeah, you saved that. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was, uh, I guess I was probably four, I was at this wedding. We had this big house out in, like, the suburbs, and we had um, borders that we kept there. Like, like we had a, a room built over our garage. And mm-hmm. so the guy that was living there, he got married while he was there, and mm-hmm. so the wedding was done in, like, our giant front yard. Hmm. And uh, I remember, like, looking at this big wedding cake, and uh, I wanted to eat the people on the cake, Mm because I didn't realize that wasn't a part of the cake you could eat. And so I was just trying to ask passing adults to, like, you know, give me a slice with the bride and groom on it. (laughs) And uh, they, like, I don't know, they all thought I was being a jerk. (laughs) I was kind of a jerk as a four-year-old. I I remember one time, uh, like... This is kind of getting off topic, but, uh, so we had this driveway, um, this big, like, you know, winding driveway that went up the front yard, and there was, like, this crumbling stone, uh, wall next to it, mm-hmm. and so I used to go out there and pretend I was making, like, hamburgers or something with these <laughs> flat stones, mm-hmm. or, you know, fill up buckets with gravel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I remember we were selling the house, we had, like, the realtor sign up in the front yard, and I took a bucket of gravel out to the street and I threw it at a passing car (laughs) and so then the car of course slams on the brakes and like pulls back and goes into the driveway and I just like not understanding that what I had done was bad Mm -hmm. I like ran into the house excitedly because I'm like Mom, Dad, there's people here to come look at the house. Because, you know, we were selling it. <laughs> and uh, that's not what they were there I got for. very in trouble. <laughs> I actually have a kind of a similar story. Yeah, what's yours? It's like even more off topic, but... Uh, well, there's not a ton to this minute, so... There's not a ton to this minute, but uh, one day I was like four years old, and me and my older brother were throwing rocks at trolleys. Uh-huh. Like, that passed by. Because there were trolley tracks in front of my house. Uh-huh. And it was like really fun, having a good time. Throwing laughing, rocks is super fun. Laughing, throwing rocks at the trolley, you know. It's, you know, you know, four-year-olds. But, uh, yeah, then this car drives by, and I was like, take a look at this. And I just threw this big rock at this car, and it, uh, it, it hit this girl, the guy's girlfriend in the head. Whoa! And what, I was, was like, I, down I, was like I got her! <laughs> <laughs> and then my brother was like, run! So I, like, ran into the backyard. 
And then, like, uh, I, like, hid in the backyard or something, and then my parents came back, and they were like, get your ass up here. This guy's, like, yelling at us. You hit his girlfriend in the head with a rock. And I was like, I'm sorry. I started crying. It was, it was, it was bad. And it was all forgiven. It, it was, was all forgiven. Child. I learned my lesson. It was, like, it was, like, one of the first lessons I remember learning. Don't throw rocks at cars. Throw you them ever, at trolleys. You ever throw any rocks, Caitlin? Yeah, actually, in, uh... But I was in fourth grade, so I was like eight. So you should have known better. Yeah, but mine was warranted because it was like one, it was walking home from school. Mm-hmm. This one kid used to throw snowballs at me this winter. Mm-hmm. And then when the snow melted, he proceeded to start throwing rocks at me. And Ooh. I was like. It's an escalation. It was. Right? It only asked, it took one day, and I was like, what the Rocks. Guess what? The snow's gone. And uh, it was basically like a we. I live like two blocks from the elementary it's school. Clobbering time. So as a, he was doing that, I think for like maybe a couple days, I guess. And then he had this other little kid with him. I think a second grader that joined in. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, all right, whatever. And I turned and I grabbed a rock that was like the size of my hand. Mm-hmm. And I played softball, so I like chucked it across the street. Yeah. And I ended up hitting the little kid. Like, oh no! <laughs> but in the arm. But it was like a hey. really big rock. Yeah. And he just went down, and I didn't. I didn't even like really think beyond just like. I saw the kid look at him and you then look hit at the me. other one to get rid of the witnesses. Yeah. yeah well, right? no, I just kind of panicked and just started sprinting home. Mm-hmm. And then he started chasing me. Oh, and when wow. we got to my house, I like burst into the door. My brother is like six years older than me. So he was like 15. Yeah. I guess like about 15. Uh-huh. And so like this kid, like he was chasing me. But then once I went in, I think he stopped. But then I told my brother and he was like, where the fuck does he live? Yeah. And he went to his house and, like, pounded on the door and, like, basically, like, threatened a nine-year-old for yeah. me. Because he wow, was like, nice. he was like, if you ever do that again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And, of yeah. course, he believed him because 15-year-olds are scary when you're nine. That's cool. 15-year-olds are scary when you're 30. <laughs> when you're five. True. This kid probably remembers this story, you know? Yeah, I'm sure he, he does. Lesson, Every time I see like, him, I'm like, it's that motherfucker who's these rocks on me. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're Facebook Do I know him? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> so, uh, one more rock story. <laughs> so I was probably like... So I we're guess, full of rocks tonight. I guess I was like nine, eight or nine, and uh, I was going to Lamberton in Philadelphia, and they had this big, like, yard for recess, but it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't grass or anything. It was just like a big parking lot, essentially. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, at like the edge... Uh, far away from the school, there were these trees growing out of the pavement, and so the pavement was kind of crumbling around the trees. And so I remember, like, I used to go and like break pieces of rock off of it and stuff, and mm. then I would, I was like collecting them. So I was just like filling my backpack up with rocks. <laughs> so then I was like going back and forth from home, and I was like complaining to my parents about how heavy my backpack was, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, it's those textbooks. They make the kids carry so many textbooks home from school, uh-huh. you know." And then uh, my mom was like going for my bag, and she was just like, "Is this full of rocks?" <laughs> of course it is. I was like, "It's my collection." <laughs> You know, rocks teach, like, so many lessons throughout your, like, early years, you know? Yeah. Just, like, the you know, nature's lesson teachers. Yeah, I mean, I guess my brother, my other brother threw rocks at me also. Mm-hmm. I've had rocks thrown. It's not fun getting rocks thrown at you. Right. I can't recall ever getting a rock thrown at me. If it hits you in the head, it's, like, not fun. Did you guys see that there was this um, preschool where um, there was a kid who got in trouble for throwing rocks? And so mm-hmm. the teacher, this was just a few weeks ago. The teachers came up with the solution to teach him a lesson. They would have all of the other kids throw rocks at him. Oh, nice. 
So they basically in preschool. Sto- yeah. So they oh, basically stoned him. <laughs> like there's like a videotape yeah, of see, these like, like the... teachers encouraging. They're like, "Come on now, like throw the rocks at him." And then they all <laughs> There's like in a ring around him, and he's just like you know cowering in the middle, getting pelted with like little rocks. I wonder if he learned his lesson. Probably. You know. He'll probably grow up. Not only are they like uh, nature's lesson teachers, but they're like the Bible's lesson teachers in sure. like societies <laughs> as well. Although. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go out tomorrow and like teach a bunch of people lessons with rocks. <laughs> Do you think uh, Daisy would have thrown a rock at Char- Charlie if they were outside? Yeah, this movie could have used a lot more rock throwing. Speaking of Mystic Pizza, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, so like one note I had down here that I didn't mention during it is uh, this whole ending scene, like this minute, but the whole scene feels very Wes Anderson-y to me. Yeah, you know, this reminds me of the ending of like Rushmore. Or, yeah, a little bit. Like Fred Wes Anderson remade Mystic Pizza. That'd be great. That would be great. Is it because that they're that wearing would work like, really fancy well, I'm pretty outfits? Sure. Yeah, well, I think it's it's like that all the characters are in one place and there's like music playing mm-hmm. and everybody is like telling each other how they feel and stuff. <laughs> it just it feels like a Wes Anderson. Ending. Yeah, it's like a wrapping up of like uh, you know family issues. You know, it's like the wedding from Royal Tenenbaums or like mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. What other endings? Daisy are and Cat, they're like, you know, I didn't say you were an asshole. I just said you were a little bit of a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're okay. Yeah. So uh, that the movie's got that in its uh, favor. Yeah. Now I really want to see uh, Wes Anderson remake Mystic Pizza. Yeah. It would be a perfect movie for him to, like, uh, I was, uh, you know, I always want to see Wes Anderson do, like, somebody else's work. What else has he done that with? Well, he Mr. has Fox. done, the only one that he's done is he did uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which of course is mm. an adaptation of uh, Roland Dahl? Rolled Dahl. Rolled Dahl? Yeah, Rolled Dahl. I, think I didn't grow up reading a lot of Rolled Dahl. I did. I had it read to me in like school and stuff, so I knew Rolled Dahl. Matilda was great. Yeah. Danny DeVito directed it. Well, the movie. He also directed <laughs> Throw Mama Off the Train, or directed From the Throw Train. Throw Mama From the Train. One. Yeah, that was really good. I just rewatched that recently. Might have talked about it on the show. Not sure. No, I don't think so. That's a fresh one. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie has a little bit of like a proto, like Charlie Kaufman kind of feel to it. Like mm-hmm. it's like being John Malkovich or something, although that's... not as trippy, obviously. But like just the the feel of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's like Danny DeVito's like uh, a little bit of a, like a hidden secret. Like his movies are kind of like art. Yeah. You know, like he did like Death to Smoochie and stuff, which people didn't like. But they, like it's, it's because they were trying to watch it as like this, you know, Hollywood comedy, and really, you're supposed to watch it like a Danny DeVito movie, you know? Sure. Well, that's like, like when uh, you bite into something and you're not expecting it to taste some way, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. But then when you go back, yeah. prepared, it's yeah. You know yeah, what exactly. that reminds me of? Life. <laughs> right. Life is like a box yeah. of chocolates. Ch- change the nature of how you view it, and uh, you know, it might be the best thing for you. Danny yeah. DeVito movies. So, uh, who do we think won this minute? Mm, it's a good question because there nothing was, you know, things were resolved. But um, I think they're both kind of doing it wrong. But neither of them really win. Well, there. This is like a I, stupid relationship that even after the movie's over, it won't last very long. So mm, it's just like let's just get over this so we can have sex again. Yeah, it's like who's to say who really wins because they're both kind of just submitting to this uh, might as well thing. Yeah, you know actually who wins would be the wedding guests in the background that are handling all the kitchen. Oh work. yeah, I wrote down like what are they doing back there? Yeah. They're like cleaning dishes and like just doing all the kitchen work so that clearly it's like a really cheap wedding. It's right. like, good for you guys. Yeah, 
clearing dishes. It's like dessert setting time, up dessert. so they're yeah, they're setting up desserts. That's nice. They got some workers working there. Yeah, because you know? weddings are like thousands of dollars for no reason at all. I wonder if you they just make um, your guests do the work. I wonder if they hired like a small catering agency. You know, like had no. like twelve. No, I mean it's in a restaurant. It's definitely like family. Yeah, but there's only cook. three uh, employees at this restaurant, and all three employees are like uh, bridesmaids. <laughs> They've yeah. got a fridge full of huge sausages, like including the owner. <laughs> Including the owner slash pizza maker. No, but they're all like intermingling. It's like, like the it's employees like a home aren't party. doing any work because they're attendees of the well, wedding. Well, Daisy was scooping ice cream. That's work. Yeah, she's yeah. not a guest. So at they're work. helping she's out. Scooping. So maybe like uh, close cousins and stuff are helping out in the kitchen. I think it's just like there's no designated roles. Just stuff is getting done. You know, people yeah. are like. Well, I'll do that, you know? They all have, like, a big sense of, like, Portuguese family. Like, we back. need more ice. Oh, I guess I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep the party going. Somebody's uncle's like, hey, let me make a pizza. Yeah. And he does. Uh, you think they had pizza for dinner? Uh, maybe. They're, like, well-equipped, too, you know? They're a pizza place. They well, probably they can make a, some other stuff. They probably that, got ingredients right? in the fridge they got to get rid of. What's the fanciest thing that you could make with the supplies afforded to you at uh, Jiminy Cricket's? Um, you can just make your own, like, variations of, like, pizza and stuff, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a full pasta? restaurant. So hey, we pasta, already right? kind of have, like, fancy stuff. Like, we don't, like, uh, we don't freeze many things. Like, a lot of stuff's fresh. Can you get a steak at, uh, Jiminy Crickets? Uh, no, I don't think you can get a steak. Okay. And the world's better for it. You can get a cheesesteak. There you go. There you go. But yeah. I don't, when, pl- when you go to places and it doesn't make sense for them to have steak, mm-hmm. like, why? Why did you do this? I was just at Springfield Diner the other day, and, uh, this person... Uh, on the table next to ours ordered a steak and it was Mm -hmm. like you know it comes out as like a multi-course meal because they have like you know there was like soup and salad and bread and then Mm -hmm. just this huge steak for like 27.99 or something yeah probably i could see that but uh no it seems like i mean it was like an elderly couple like maybe this was just you know it was like a saturday night this was their saturday night date night or something yeah steak night at the diner steak night at the diner i don't think it'd be 27 at a diner i think it'd be like 22 they they go up there the new york strip steak i think that's you know 27.99 something like that i feel like diner steaks are cheaper than they should be which is where it goes back to where i'm like why what kind of meat is this yeah (laughs) yeah well, you know, like the $30 one would be a $50 one at a better restaurant, you know. Hmm. But when you go to a diner, it's a $30 one. And if you want, like, the, the cheaper one, then, yeah, you're looking at, like, fifteen ninety nine. It might be one of those things where, like, you know, sometimes they've done studies that show that people, if you give somebody access to the same buffet, but you charge one of them two ninety nine and the other you charge, like, $10, mm-hmm. uh, the person who paid $10 will be immensely more satisfied with the food yeah. than the two ninety nine person because really? they just assume that the food is better. Right. I would think that at the two ninety nine, I would assume. Yeah, I guess right. Okay, right. You're saying so. If I paid three dollars for a buffet, you'd I'd be, be like, "What kind out. of garbage is yeah. this?" Yeah, that's but, not enough money. You know, ten dollars. You're like, "Ooh, this is fancy." <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right. For some reason, I had it flipped in my brain what you had just said, and I was like, "That doesn't make any sense." But then I. <laughs> Just repeated the same thing that you were saying. Well, anyway, we're getting to the so, end of this uh, movie. Yeah, who did win the minute? We didn't really. Oh, uh, uh, shit. We didn't really write I don't that know. Out. There's only There's only Daisy and Charlie. Neither of them really do it right. But I guess I would say that uh, Charlie Daisy, went in there. Charlie he, Charlie went in there in the first place. He put himself out on the line. Yeah. He wedding crashed, and he like 
Walked right in. But here's the thing. Uh, is that really where you want to do that, Charlie? Like, do you want to go to this wedding? Yes, that yes. You're... yes absolutely, yeah. yes. Odds are yeah. way in his favor. Because yeah, that's the best place. definitely like, I wish that I was having sex after this Like, you wedding. know, it's probably right. been weeks well, since that, they that's talked the other thing. That's <laughs> He's the probably other been thing waiting. He's like, I know there's this wedding coming up. That's yeah. my opportunity. Like, yeah. you know, I could apologize to her now, or I could wait, like, three weeks and, yeah. like, you know, get her while she's in, like, a romantic kind of mood from the wedding. Well, I have a few things to say about that. I have an A and a B. Like, uh, A, have you ever tried to do something, like, romantic for somebody? And, like, when they least expect it to, like, surprise somebody with something romantic. And then they just have, like, the immediate, like, opposite reaction you thought they would. You know, like, if he, like, you know, there is a scenario where he shows up to this wedding. And she's like, uh, here's the B of my, uh, my statement. She's, like, thinking that she's going to, you know take somebody else home from that wedding, uh. you know, who isn't Charlie, because she's Daisy. And yeah, she that's a strong like possibility. That. So what if Charlie showed up there, and she had other plans with somebody else at the wedding, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You gotta get the fuck out of here, dude. Fuck off. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be great, actually. Yeah, that would be great. And then they like, could have another apology the next day, where she goes, I owe you an apology, and then they yeah. just say, so, so... Yeah, and then that's it. Like I, I just imagine a, a scenario where like I would do something like this, like, "Ooh, there's a wedding coming up. I'm gonna surprise this girl at that wedding that she's at," and like rolling up there and be like, "Hey, I'm here," and then just being like, "You fucking yeah, well, creep! What are you doing here? Yeah, realistically, are you stalking me? Don't show up at a wedding. Yeah, that you're not invited to. Well, I think, ever. Yeah. I think so, that's hundred dollars a plate, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Well, not there. They had you know they didn't hire any help. I yeah. think his whole pr- strategy is so. that it's predicated on the notion of like this is either meant to be or it isn't, uh-huh. you know? And so if she was with somebody else, then it wasn't meant to be. But maybe she's still, you know, broken up about their breakup or whatever, mm-hmm. and in which case, he can, like, ride that, like, oh, this is what was meant to be kind of way yeah. to success. Yeah, I'm gonna go home because, yeah, it turns out she said no, but, like, it's not over there. It might even make it worse if she said no, because then, like, that guy can never go back to that town again. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, it's that Charlie dude who, like, tried to crash that wedding. Yeah, they're going to be like, hey, Romeo. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be the new Vincent D'Onofrio. He's not going to be allowed in, like, the peg leg anymore, that's for sure. They're going to be like, oh, it's that dude. Everybody's going to turn the other way. Yeah, so, uh, all right, we're getting towards the end of this movie. Like, we've got, like, I think we've got three minutes before the credits start. Mm -hmm. So, any, like, I guess... I'm going to do this on every episode from here on out. Any final thoughts on this uh, movie? Um, Like, what do you think about this movie? Is this a good movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good movie, especially these uh, last ten minutes of it. Yeah, you know, when I watched it uh, in its entirety yesterday, I was like, it really worked. Mm. I I think I mentioned that last time. It is, like, somewhat of a classic. You know, ask anybody if they even know the name of the movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of movies like it of its era, you know, uh-huh. it, like this is what we probably in more modern times would call an indie film. Yeah. But I'm not sure that was really a thing at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was you I don't, like low budget. Yeah, like a low budget, but also it was like small in scope. Like, you know, it was it's not uh, about like some great, amazing thing that happened. It's about these small people with like relatively small problems mm-hmm. just living their lives. It was, uh, I'll tell you that it's uh, the first feature of Donald Petrie, so it is probably his most indie movie, you know, because mm-hmm. he probably did it, like, either in college or right after. Yeah, I don't know if I said this last time, but this kind of, like, like, it's kind of like a revolutionary movie, Mystic Pizza, in a way. 
Like, I don't know if anybody else in the world thinks of it that way because, like, I'm, you know, doing a podcast about it and nobody else did. But uh, it kind of, like, breaks the mold in this way. Like, it's not about a man and a woman. It's about three women and, you know, three men, you know? Uh-huh. And it's about, like, uh, like so all three of the girls kind of make up one character, you know? They make up, like, a family. Instead of, uh, you know, one woman and one man and, you know, she learns her lesson, he learns his. They all kind of collectively learn three different lessons that they bring together at the end. And maybe the the lesson that they learn collectively is to, like, appreciate each other. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. So I don't, like, right off the top of my head, I can't think of many movies before this that did something like that. I mean, it's just... Not like mainstream movies, I mean, you know. It's like, it's just, it's a ladies coming of age movie, mm-hmm. which is a little different, I suppose, than usually it's teenage boys, mm-hmm. and you get to watch them come of age and be like, how do girls work? But right. this being, like, them all going through and seeing the perspective of, like, first love, girl side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all and three of them. And it's more nuanced and, like, more emotional, maybe, but it's also, like, not. It's pretty straightforward. It's like, don't treat me like a piece of trash. Mm-hmm. Don't pay me after we have sex. And um, let me be independent if we get married. Yeah, right. I think this... So those are the three. Right. I think this movie succeeds at, like, uh, presenting the perspective of women, which is not that different from the perspective of men, honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember back in college, like, I was, uh, when I was doing set design, I would hang out backstage, and, you know, I would hear the actors talk about stuff, and some of the guys weren't lucky in love or whatever, and I remember they were having this conversation, and they were just like, I just don't understand women. <laughs> and I came over, and I was like, well, imagine, like, a, a man who's been, like, uh, conditioned by society to be, like, somewhat, uh, like, generous towards men, and you're basically there. Like, you know. <laughs> or, you know, just, uh, it's not mind-boggling, just have a conversation. It's a human being, have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, There's no trick to it. No. Like... Like a pickup artist might try to tell you. But yeah, this movie uh, <laughs> kind of, in a sense, goes through like uh, like the three almost worst case scenarios. You know, it's like uh, you have the young girl who's being creeped on by an older guy. Mm-hmm. You have the girl who doesn't want to get married but kind of does, and then you have the girl who's like known as like promiscuous. And what happens when she actually meets a guy? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and it means something, you know? Yeah, I guess it's like it's kind of these three plights that all form together in the end, and you know. It's I still uh, just struggle with Daisy and Charlie because I just see the, the class and money thing and I'm like... Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even though yeah, he's like, oh, true. you were right about me and my father, it's like, yeah, that you're dumpster diving and you're not seeing Daisy as a human being and why should she give you any ice cream right now? Mm-hmm. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to just about do it for this episode. Yeah, we'll find out in the next minute what happens here. This is the beginning of uh, this this thing with uh, Daisy and Charlie. So uh, thanks to Steve. Beginning of the end. Thanks to The Bungler. No The. Just Bungler. Just Bungler. And uh, thank you to you, the audience. Thanks, Caitlin. (laughs) Bungler, or The is his middle name. Thank you, The Caitlin. (laughs) The Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, mwah. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Sepataya. Namaste.